Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We've got to talk about Lawrence's and I's matchup wait, this wait, past wait, weekend. We've, 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 the Desmond Ritter conversation will be here. We've walked out about 12 here. minutes for that, Lawrence. <laughs> yes. so, well, yeah. I don't have much to say about it, so <laughs> I don't know if there's 12 minutes needed. Maybe you want to talk for 11 minutes and 30 seconds of that. But, uh, 45, yeah. 11, 45. 11, 45. Yeah, exactly. all, all, all I need is 15 seconds to be like, damn. <laughs> Why we don't ever show the guillotine league teams, right? We do that too. Why we don't show that team? You have a good team that way. Come on, guys. How do I? As do I. I'm just surviving. I need to make me a trade. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Lawrence Jackson, Jay Croucher. No Matthew Barry. He'll be back tomorrow. He's a little DNP today. Load management, veteran rest, he, whatever he, you want to call it. The, yeah, right. The good thing, like, he, Matthew Barry didn't sleep in. He ain't missed work. You know, he just handling some other duties. So, I'll sit in his chair today. I was going to wear, like, a Matthew Barry shirt or a Matthew Barry costume. Because uh, they did. De- yeah, it, but they definitely got those Matthew Berry costumes at Party City. So I was thinking about it. Can't but imagine I, anything more terrifying for Halloween. Lawrence, yes. Than Matthew yeah. Berry. And we got Halloween cool. coming up. Yeah. So, yep. you know, he's, I had to do it. Scary kids. But we won't talk too much about a man who's not here to defend himself. But a little bit, though, we will. We yes. definitely will. We'll yep. get these jokes off. Yeah, and Connor Rogers messaged me last night, the Captain Phillips meme of uh, I am the captain now. So looking forward to a big show from Connor. I am in control. My yeah. name's still yeah. not on the show. But we're slowly working on it. It's still Matthew Berry's Fantasy Football Happy Hour, but I drive the ship today. And with that, let's jump right into the Rotor World Player news. We have a lot to get through today. Who's eating good as we do every Wednesday? Lawrence in the house as he is every Wednesday. We'll get to our start sit, keep it open, close it out. But as we head into a new week of practices here, guys, the big question is on the Jacksonville Jaguars if Trevor Lawrence will play. And, of course, Trevor Lawrence, it didn't take long for him to get asked that. So hear from him directly. So are you playing Thursday? I'm going to do everything I can to be out there. Um, you know, I'm, I, you know I, I, feel, I feel a lot better today than I would have thought. So I like how I'm progressing. And, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to, to be out there on Thursday. I haven't missed a game in my career. You know, obviously I'm only in my third year. But um, I take a lot of pride in that and being available and being there and being able to play and, um, compete every week. I think that's something that I I take a lot of pride in. So, um, you know, we're not at that point yet. We got a couple more days, and we're gonna see we're gonna see how the rest of the week plays out. But definitely, it's something that means a lot to me is just being out there and 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 well, one being out there, but also knowing I can put, you know, I can put 
a good performance out there for my team too, because that doesn't help anyone if I can't. So it's it's a you know you gotta you gotta ask that question as well. Lawrence doing everything he can to play Thursday, dealing with the knee injury. Of course, I think the bigger picture here, Lawrence, is that where he was drafted in fantasy, he has not lived up to those expectations. He's been under 20 points in each game this season, four of six games under 15 fantasy points. Now dealing with an injury on a short week. With the state of quarterbacks this week and bye weeks, you're probably going to start him if he yeah. plays. But what can you expect with him in this offense? Yeah, like you said, it hasn't. He hasn't lived up to par this so so far this season, even while healthy. Um, you obviously like to have him out there. Whatever you know, how they say this player at this percentage is better than yeah. this player. Well, we we could say that for Trevor Lawrence and his backup, uh, C.J. Beathard. You'd like them have him out there. They're facing the Saints on the road. The uh, the Jacks, uh, the Jaguars are only they're actually underdogs in this uh, minus minus one here. So you definitely like to have him here. They just got the lead in the division from a fantasy perspective. He's a mobile guy. That's a big part of his game. So if he does play, um, you're gonna have to start him, especially if you drafted him as that right. But you probably have to temper the expectations because he can move in and out of the pocket and create fantasy points for you in that way but uh we're definitely hoping to get him back he said it was a couple of days away it's wednesday today so now we're one day away so we'll see what happens jay what jumped out to me on that graphic is one top 10 finish for trevor lawrence in the quarterback rankings this year and you look at the weapons they have they do a good job of spreading the ball around he's been comfortable under doug peterson but from a fantasy perspective, strictly the results just haven't seemed to been there, be there. Yeah, and I lean more to that's just bad luck. I think right. he's playing well. He's been really cruel by drops this season. I think back mainly to that week two game against Kansas City where there were drops in the end zone. They yeah. haven't been able to convert on third down outside of that Buffalo game where he played well. But the thing with Lawrence is he just has such a high floor because of the rushing element that he adds. And he has so many weapons that I would expect that we've seen the worst of Lawrence so far. And also, for this game against New Orleans, I would expect that he will play the line has moved from Saints minus three to Saints minus one. It's trending back towards Jacksonville. And also, I mean, don't like to play doctor diagnosing off the uh, tape, but it didn't look that bad, (laughs) the little spray. You could be be a Twitter fantasy doctor. Yeah, Yeah. maybe that'll be a... Good you don't need no degree for, for that. You yeah. just show up. Gambling, like yeah, medical yeah. advice. I do like diagnosing. Fatherly advice. Put it in the bio. I do like diagnosing the tape uh, with uh, <laughs> no credentials whatsoever. Uh, but I do think that he will likely play. That's what the market expects. And I think there's a lot of upside the rest of the way for him. I don't think that he's going to be outside the top 10 going forward. Lawrence, in your rankings, has this injury impacted anyone? And it could go both ways. It could bring a guy like Calvin Ridley down a spot or two, you could look at Travis Etienne and go, man, it might be a big night for Travis Etienne. Well, yeah, you you definitely expect them to lean on Travis Etienne more. Like, they've been doing that already. Uh, You know, whether it's been an efficient game or not, they're going to feed Travis Etienne. Even Calvin Ridley himself, he hasn't been blowing up like we expected after that week one uh, matchup. But you definitely – I would definitely downgrade Trevor Lawrence. I got him as a quarterback one here this week, much like I had him last week. But if he plays, I'll still keep him, you know, in that position. But for the receivers, I don't think it'll change too much. Matter of fact, like I said, his mobility, if anything, would be affected 
that will make him stay in the pocket even more. Yep. And the last thing on Lawrence I'll say is that uh, we spoke yesterday about pass rate over expectation, like which teams actually do throw the ball more because sometimes the players' pass attempts just get skewed because of game script. I think this is a better thing to look at for how much does the team actually want to throw. The Jags are fourth in the league for pass rate over expectation. Doug Peterson wants to throw the ball. He wants to have it in Trevor Lawrence's hands. And so I think that going forward, there's just no way that this guy could fail with this talent and with his weapons. Some other notable injuries were tracking throughout the week. Of course, Trevor Lawrence is at the top. But Jimmy Garoppolo dealing with the back injury. We don't know if it would be Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell officially if Jimmy can't go. Baker Mayfield dealing with the hand injury. Justin Fields is not practicing today with that thumb injury. That does sound like something that should be taken seriously, and we'll keep an eye on Tyson Bajan, his backup that came in when Fields got hurt last week. McCaffrey with the oblique. Jameer Gibbs working his way back from the hamstring injury. Same could be said for Jamal Williams, who was on IR, and Debo Samuel with the shoulder. Lawrence, what's the most notable injury you're tracking on this list? Well, there would be uh, Justin Fields there not practicing. And uh, to be honest, we, we saw him not come back in the game. When a player doesn't come back in the game, you know it's you know it's not just nothing. You know what I'm saying? He couldn't grip the football on his throwing hand. We just saw Justin Herbert play with a finger injury, but on his non-throwing hand. When you're dealing with the, the hand that makes you the money, like, let's just chill out a little bit. So him not practicing doesn't surprise me at all, seeing as that he didn't um, come back in the game. And if this and it looks like it's trending towards him not playing, still the middle of the week, but the fantasy world around him in Chicago will definitely be affected should he not be able to go. Jay, what are we looking at panic meter-wise with somebody like Jimmy G, who, yeah, it's Jimmy Garoppolo, but there's a big drop-off to the other two quarterbacks on this roster that people are starting Devontae Adams. They're starting Jacoby Myers and expecting big things. Josh Jacobs, and now even a guy we'll get to later, and Michael Mayer. Yeah, I think with Devontae Adams, he's almost quarterback-proof just because of the talent and the targets that he's going to get, even if it is Brian Hoyer. I just could never envision benching Devontae Adams under any circumstance. Uh, Jacoby Myers perhaps a bit more susceptible, but still, I think he can provide value. The thing is with this week, because it looks like if Jimmy misses, it's probably only going to be one week. They have the Bears secondary, which might be the worst in the league, and so I think that that just gives you a certain flaw with those guys, where even if it is Brian Hoyer or if it's Aiden O'Connell, I think those guys are both going to be viable. It looks like the total in this game, too, 37 and a half. So they're banking on, you know, Jimmy G. Not not that it'd be much higher if it was Jimmy G, but it'd be a little bit higher. Yeah. So when you see, you know, the Raiders minus three, that's expected. But the 37 and a half, that definitely makes it a little scary from a fantasy perspective. If it is a backup quarterback in there playing, you know, just expect them to lean on uh, Josh Jacobs a little bit more. Let's look at the Niners duo in the same capacity, right, with Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. I mean, this isn't anything we're not accustomed to in fantasy with both these guys, with the injuries, and I think there's something to be said. One, Jay, this is really important for you, big test for Brock Purdy if both of them can't play. And Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle are still out there, so it's not like the Niners are without weapons. But I think it's safe to say that the Niners need to be delicate with both of these veterans who have plenty of injuries in their past. Yeah, certainly. And the thing with the Niners is that they're only a couple of weeks away from their bye. They play Minnesota Monday night, then they have Cincinnati, and then they're into the bye. So if these guys are dealing with something, they probably have the wiggle room to be able to give them some extra rest. At the same time, it doesn't seem like they do that, and they just throw these guys out there, where Debo, after getting knocked in the ribs against the Giants, looked like he was done for the game, might be a bad injury, comes back like two plays later and is playing... 
are lining up at half, at playing running back. So they just run these <laughs> yeah. guys. I do think the interesting thing here is that just with the damage that McCaffrey has taken and how banged up he is, he was on track for like 400 carries, which insane. is just insane in this day and age. And the sneaky thing with McCaffrey is that at the end of last year, he was in a timeshare. They weren't using him as a workhorse back. Right. I think he was dealing with some stuff then. He only top. He didn't. He didn't have more than 15 carries in any game but one of his last six last season. So I wouldn't be surprised if they scale it back a little bit. Certainly, if he plays this week, I imagine that we're going to see some Mason, going to see some Elijah Mitchell. So maybe temper expectations on McCaffrey, even if he does play. Yeah, he's uh, and if he does play, you have no fear of putting him in. Like yep. That's not even a question. If he plays, it's not a question of, you know, should I put him in? You you just do that as Christian McCaffrey. We rank him every week as the uh, top running back in fantasy. But like you said, Jay, 100% expect the uh, especially the carries come down a little bit because they've been, he's he's most accustomed to getting half of his touches in the receiving game. But this season, he's like looking like he's trying to run for 2,000 yards. So when he does come back, definitely expect to see some Elijah Mitchell in there. Yeah, I think with McCaffrey, even if he is tempered, like it doesn't really matter because he's still going right. to be the number one running back in fantasy if he's getting 15 carries a game because of the receiving work, because of the touchdown equity. It's more so that maybe Elijah Mitchell actually becomes viable in deeper leagues or Mason becomes and viable. And Elijah Mitchell could get one of those touchdowns too. So, yep. Our last one here on the, the panic meter list are really more expectations. Jameer Gibbs, he's working his way back from injury. David Montgomery is going to miss some time. We can't say it enough. That's the designation we've been given. Yes, there, of course, is Craig Reynolds factored into this, Jay. But if Gibbs is healthy and Montgomery's not in this backfield, do you would think they rely on a guy that was taken with the top 15 selection? I think so. And I think the most instructive sample that we have here is the game against Atlanta when yeah. Montgomery's out. And in that game, Gibbs got 17 carries. If he's getting 17 carries, you add that to what he gives you in the receiving game where he was, what was he, Connor? He's one of the most polished pass-catching running backs. And explosive. The draft. Yeah. So I think that... I mean, his ceiling is tempered by Montgomery coming back, but until he doesn't, it gives us going to be a massive weapon for them just because they don't, you know, Craig Reynolds just is not particularly threatening uh, yeah. going up against a very good ball. Well, they're, they're going to be determined to, like, like he's not going to get a full workload. I mean, Dan Campbell said as much, even in that game versus Atlanta, they worked Craig Reynolds in there, but still Gibbs was able to get the 80 yards on the uh, 17 carries there. But this is a chance to, like, if you drafted Jameer Gibbs, like, this is your time to shine. Because it doesn't, like, David Montgomery's not going to just miss one game. It, when they say he'll be out a little bit, that me, that usually means multiple. So if you have Jameer Gibbs, this is your time to uh, put him in. He's actually in my uh, flex article for this week because He's become a – we thought he was going to be an RB2 type player, but at this point he's more of a flex. So I got him in there this week, and I, I expect him to do something big. And with the amount of – If he plays. If he plays, if he of plays. course, as we're tracking this. And the amount of touchdown equity that Montgomery has in this offense, it just opens yeah. up a little bit more for everybody else. All right, a piece of news here before we move on. The Eagles yesterday signed Julio Jones to a one-year deal. I yes, mean, sir. Julio is Julio. back. We haven't seen much of Julio over the last two years. Yeah. I I'm think, picking him up. I th- so I think the question I'm is, Lawrence, not if Julio is fantasy relevant, yeah. but can this do anything to affect all of the Eagles that are extremely fantasy relevant, especially in an offense where 
We've become a little frustrated with Devontae Smith over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I don't really think so too much, and you ain't going to find a bigger Julio fan than myself. But, no, I don't think too much. Julio's there. He got, like, him and A.J. Brown real tight. Uh, A.J. Brown was part of getting Julio to uh, get to the Titans. A.J. Brown always looked up to him, used to wear Julio jerseys to the game. So some of that plays into it. But he, I, I wanted Julio to play for the Falcons. Like, with that receiver depth, which they need, like, I would have taken him over Matt Hollins and Van Jefferson today. But um, – he, he's just giving them a little veteran depth. You know, if the hamstrings is good, he'll get you on. He'll get them on a deep ball one time. So uh, yeah, nah, just uh, just some uh, veteran depth uh, around around a young receiver group. But uh, I don't think this is a threat to Devontae Smith. I think we just haven't gotten to see the best of Devontae Smith. We saw him drop that pat that yeah. key pass against the Jets, which. That would have brought his fantasy points up exponentially. Like, he had room to go after that, Without but he, he couldn't bring it in. So, no, I don't think this is a threat to uh, any Eagles receivers in any way. I think it's bad news for Olamide Zacchaeus. Uh, outside yeah, of that, though, him, yeah. I mean, Quez Watkins is on IR, which has probably precipitated this move, but I can't imagine Julio is going to eat into Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown at this point. All right, our last piece of news here. Anthony Richardson officially elects for season-ending shoulder surgery. A really disappointing end to what was such a promising rookie season. This is somebody that, you know, was one of the more explosive players in the NFL at that position. He was one of the guys in the mix for the rookie of the year. The Colts offense was very different under him because of his physical talent. And, Jay, I think now you move over to Gardner Minshew, where we've had this discussion with Gardner Minshew. You like Josh Downs a little bit more. Michael Pittman has just fed so many targets. I think without Richardson, it probably elevates the backfield in terms of the touchdown opportunities. But this offense becomes significantly less explosive. Yeah, and just less exciting, right. which is uh, what makes this such a bummer. But I think that, look, the sneaky thing, Minshew was terrible last week. He's right. absolutely terrible. And even in the Baltimore game that they won a couple of weeks ago, Minshew took five sacks, wasn't very good in that game either. He just, look, they're going to use their running backs more as a result. So Jonathan Taylor's value goes up. We'll see what Zach Moss's usage is. And then for guys like Pittman and Downs, they're going to see more passing. Uh, Minshew's just going to throw the ball more than Richardson did. But, Connor, I'm interested just for the future outlook of Anthony Richardson. Like, what did you see from him this year? Do you think that going forward, like, he's a guy who's going to be taken as a top-five quarterback next season? I think with the rushing ability, he should always be viewed in that light because the rushing sets his floor, and we saw him throw down the field. So what more can you ask for? I think yeah. what's concerning is, you know, and I'll throw this to you as well, Lawrence, Richardson, who didn't get to play a lot at Florida, he was really great in his yeah, one season man. as a full-time starter. He took some tough hits this year. We saw him go through the concussion protocol. Now we see him go through the season-ending shoulder surgery. If you're Shane Steichen, knowing the upside this guy has as a pass catcher, does that make you cautious going forward with your play calling for Richardson as a runner? Well, I don't know. You know why? Because I don't know if you could do that and right. be the best you, that you could be. I agree. Like, you know, Jalen Hurts was on his way to 1,000 rushing yards and, and 4,000 passing yards. He got hit at, hurt at the end of the regular season, but they let him go. You know what I'm saying? So Steichen did that with Jalen Hurts. There's no way the Colts' offense going forward could be their best if you, if you do hold back. But what we did see from Anthony Richardson, and thankfully we saw him get out of the blocks good. Because, you know, if he didn't, then there would be more questions. You know, like, he looked better in these three or four games, however much he played. He looked better in these pro games than he did in some games at Florida. I so agree. it just goes to show you, 
you know, what's around you, you know, who's calling your plays, um, that can affect you. Um, as far as their offense now, Jay mentioned about how uh, Gardner Minshew wasn't that good against the Jags. The good thing for that about that is not for the not for the Colts, it's not good. But the good thing for fantasy is you'll be in throwing situations. And we saw Michael Pittman see a season high fourteen targets, uh, nine catches, hundred and nine yards because they was getting blown out. So they were having to come back. And from a division perspective. I thought the the Colts prior to Anthony Richardson getting hurt was definitely in play to win that division. Now, not so much with the Jaguars having a strong stranglehold on that now. I think it's a massive concern that he played four games and he got injured in three of them. Like, that's very unusual. And they're all contact injuries. Well, he had the concussion, yeah. Yeah, and then in the first game, he hurt himself as well against the Jags. So, that is a concern. Hopefully, that's just fluky randomness and he can get himself right for next season. But, uh, yeah, something to to monitor. He's just the way that he plays and coming off this history is going to be a big injury risk next year. I'll tell you an an interesting stat on him, too, fantasy-wise. So, he missed the two full games. He basically missed three full games of the five or six. He still has more fantasy points than Joe Burrow and Gino Smith as we sit here today. Gino Smith catching strikes. I'm just giving props to Anthony Richardson and using good quarterbacks to, you know, amplify that. So, Anthony Richardson, get well soon. I will be drafting you again. With that, let's move to who's eating good, served by Applebee's. We do this every week, and essentially, players that are hot right now, and we ask the question, is this sustainable? And we start with someone who, it's amazing we're still having this conversation, Jay. Adam Thielen right now, I mean, he's coming off a week six where he had 28 and a half points. He finishes as wide receiver two in fantasy. But this wasn't just a big week for Adam Thielen. This has been Adam Thielen's entire season in an offense that is getting really nothing from anyone else, which maybe gives you some hope. I don't know if he keeps up being a top five wide receiver, but top 10, top 15 in play? I mean, I think it's in play. The thing that you look most for with wide receivers, I think, for stability of their performance going forward is just targets. And the targets he's seeing are completely insane. He's gotten 13-plus targets in three of his past four games. After week three or so, we were thinking, all right, this is the high point for Adam Thielen. He's just getting better every week. And you look at his game log, this is like looking at Cooper Cup 2021. Like, it's insane the amount of receptions he's getting. And also, the thing is, too, is that he's getting in the end zone. He's got four touchdowns already, scored those four in his past five games. So I think, look, I don't think he's going to be a top five wide receiver going forward, but I think top ten, if he stays healthy, is perfectly on the cards. Uh, a lot of a lot of people are feeling, yeah, that is some graphic I actually right called this before the Just season. like I we had, drew it up. Top five. A lot of question that some some may have is, do we sell high on them na- on Thielen now that he's, that he's in the buy? Well, if you ended up with Adam Thielen on your roster, that's you playing with house money unless, you know, you have Justin Jefferson or somebody who got injured. But you playing with house money. I would tell people, if you're thinking about selling Adam Thielen high, think about this. Their next game, they have the Texans. That don't scare you too much. Then they got Indy. They don't either. Then they got Chicago. They don't either. You got Dallas, but then you got the Titans. So four of those five matchups is, and we're talking about Bryce Young, who's getting a little better now. Yes. He's thrown for at least 200 in the past three games, and he's throwing the ball 36 and a half times a game. And you know they're going to have to do that. Just they're 0 and 6. That's this is their thing. They get behind. They was up 14 on the Dolphins, but then they got behind. 
So now they're throwing again. They're they're in that game script. And when you got and Bryce Young is locked in on this dude. Ten targets a game tells you nothing but that. Do you think Bryce Young has gotten better over the course of the season? I thought this right out of the first half, right right out of the yeah. gate. He looked. That's the closest he's looked to Alabama, Bryce Young. And of course, reality hits. You're not gonna. You don't want to get into a track meet with Miami. They're going to make adjustments against you in the second half. But in terms of seeing the field, throwing with anticipation, throwing with confidence and on time and accurately, yeah. this was his best performance. And that alone makes me align with you, Lawrence, that I'm not selling Adam Thielen yeah, you, right now. You could sell him, but it better be because right, everything return, is negotiable. Yes. But, like, oversell, you know, like, play your hand, like, you, and, and bring this up, like, hey, man, he got the Houston Texans and the Bears and the Colts, like, yeah, make it, make it, dress it up real nice. Yep. And, and it feels like with so many other offenses, we see somebody poised for a breakout. We talk about it with Rasheed Rice every week. We talk about it across the league. With the Panthers, I mean, Mingo is a solid rookie, but he's not going to overtake the volume in this offense. This is Adam Thielen for the year, barring him being moved to the yeah, deadline, which yeah. would only probably help you maybe in yeah, fantasy. we're six games in. So. It ain't nothing crazy unless Thielen goes down. But there's nothing. This is how it's going to be. If the draft was held tomorrow, would you be taking Stroud over Young now, or is it flipped enough? Or do you think that Young is still the guy? I would never move off an evaluation in the first year, yeah, but, I, but it was close for a reason. Yeah. Like, they were both easily top eight players in the draft, and you could flip them either way depending what you want your offense to be. Um, I think the NFL would take Stroud yeah. over him. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I don't think e- even on draft day, if uh, if C.J. Stroud would have went to the Panthers and Bryce Young, like, no, okay. nobody would have said no. nothing crazy. No. Anthony Richardson going first would have shocked some people. Some it would have shocked it like it have been some it would have been some talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I know you had Levis one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, is he going to start for the, the Titans? <laughs> he goes, he's he's got to play start. eventually. All right, our next player here, Lawrence Ramondre Stevenson. It had not been a good season for the first five weeks for Ramondre Stevenson, but he, uh, in week six, finally gets the volume in the pass game. I mean, tied the season high in targets against the Raiders. The Patriots, there's a lot of problems with this offense right now, but if they want to dig out of this, they have to keep it rolling with their best offensive player in Ramondre. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to do the straw man comment right here and say, sell high on Ramondre because no one's no going no yeah. to be yeah. buying after one good game, especially when it was 10 carries for 46 yards and he got the touchdown, but so did Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott has been outperforming Ramondre Stevenson on, on a weekly basis. Uh, both of it, both of them scored. We'll uh, Ramondre Stevenson was RB six in week six, right? Zeke was running back twenty, and it only took him eight touches to do that. Um, so he ate good in week six, and I'm not gonna tell you to say hi because that's just that's just me trying to uh, that's just me trying to feel showtime. But uh, if you got Ramondre Stevenson, enjoy that. I know we all said last week that. We was going to close out the tab, but congrats to him on having a, a decent week. But I don't know if he'll be able to do that going forward, especially with Buffalo coming up. Then you get Miami, who he ran 50 yards on 15 carries against. You know, then you got Washington and Indy. But, yeah, no, nah, I don't know about that. Zeke, Zeke matter of fact, he had a, a, a long touchdown called back. For the holding call, he hit the screen, ran by six. Looked like Ohio State Zeke, to be honest. But you know, um, yeah, nah, I- I'm good on Stevenson. Look, there you go, right there. Well, speaking of that 
that run, Lawrence, that got nullified by the holding penalty from Zeke where he took it 74 yards uh, on the pass from Mac Jones. This is the most incredible stat that I saw all week. On that play, Zeke reached a top speed of over 20 miles per hour. It was the 10th yes. The tenth fastest speed that anyone clocked in the NFL this season. He was faster on that play than Tony Pollard was on his sixty-yard reception on Monday night. Don't I don't Cowboys understand it at that. all. Like, how is yeah, he fast? They, how is they, he fast they could now? Kind of be using him right now, but that's another day. That's another day. But yeah, like I didn't even know the miles per hour that's he was running. I just was. I saw that play. Fast. I'm like, damn, he looked like Ohio State Zeke right, right here. And in that number of over 20 miles an hour uh, tells you that. Zeke might have lost a little. He might have took something off the little yep. torso there. Yep. Good, good thing that he's using this season in New England. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great time for it, revitalization. <laughs> All right. Our last player here, Michael Mayer, the rookie tight end out of Notre Dame. A big breakout week for the Raiders. I mean, the targets were there for him. He finishes with 12 and a half fantasy points because he does not get in the end zone. But the last two weeks we've seen – Mayor involved in this offense. And, Jay, this is a player that in college, the last two years, 138 catches, over 1,600 yards, 16 touchdowns. And it's not like he played D3 football. I mean, he was playing against big-time opponents for Notre Dame. The pass-catching ceiling for this guy is huge. And it's like the Raiders finally woke up weeks five and six, as you see on the screen, and said, oh, yeah, we drafted this guy at the top of the second round. Maybe we should get him involved over Austin Hooper. Yeah, well, it's interesting because historically, rookie tight ends just have not really produced. Now we have Sam Laporta, who's quietly having the greatest rookie (laughs) tight end season in NFL history. And then we also have Luke Musgrave, who's getting involved, and Michael Mayer now that the Raiders have woken up to him, as you noted, Connor. And I think... There is room, just because it's never happened for your man, Hunter Renfro. It's just not <laughs> happening in that offense. Yeah, nah. And the offense has just been, all right, is Devante open? He's not, all right, throw it to Jacoby. Jacoby open? No, throw it to Devante. There is room for a third pass catcher on that team. And, I mean, do you think this is sustainable, that he can be a top eight tight end going forward? Well, think about how low the bar is yeah. for what you just asked. So, I think absolutely, yes. Be because better than Pat Frymuth? Right, right. I mean, seriously. I, I it's not, yeah. If you're looking for a tight end, especially during Bimageddon, your waiver wire might be Janu Smith. It might be. I mean, we're we be worth the pickup. We're, di- we're and, and Janu Smith has been good this year, by the way. He might not even be on your waiver wire anymore. Yeah, yeah. We're really dealing with scraps right now. That I, I think Michael Mayer. If you start from last week and just go till the end of the season, I think he'll be a top eight tight end in fantasy. I, I, I would buy that. You know, played a season high eighty two percent of the snaps in week That's six. That's the key. That's up from week five, which was sixty six. So that shows he's getting more involved. And then you look at who they got coming up next. They got the Bears, who are the seventh worst against tight ends in fantasy. Then you got the Lions, who are fourth worst against tight ends in fantasy. Um, You got the New York Jets coming in there. Great defense, but second worst against tight ends. So, you know, that's like that's something to go off of, especially when you see a player getting involved, not just the snap share, but what that five receptions for 75 yards on six targets. If you're telling me Michael Mayer could get five to six targets every game at the way the tight end position is now, then I'm going to be in on that. Yeah. What you noted about the bar being so low, like we're living in a world where Cole Komet right now is uh, tight end five. Dalton Schultz is tight end seven. Uh, I think Maya can be better than both those guys going forward. I think so, yeah, too. And yeah. if you're Josh McDaniels coaching for your job right now, you need to show the players you brought in are a part of the system. He's done a good job of that with Jacoby Myers. That looks like a great signing. Now you need to do it with your second-round pick, and they're finally leaning that way. NBA season tips off next week, but there's still time to get some last-minute cramming for your fantasy drafts. We've got you covered with the Roto World Basketball Draft Guide, which includes all the rankings, player outlooks, and projections you need to win your league this year. Go to NBCSports.com to get your draft guide now. 
and use code HOOPS23 to save 20% off and receive a $10 Fanatics E gift card. We're taking our first break when we're back. Coming right up, Kirk Cousins' interesting choice in pregame music and whether we'd start or sit him this week and keep it open or close it out. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. We're in the final stages of the toughest competition of the year. Check out the Rugby World Cup semifinals on Friday and Saturday. This week, Argentina faces New Zealand on the top half of the bracket, while England does battle with South Africa on the other side. You can watch both matches live on Peacock, with games also available on CNBC. It does feel really good to win, to win on the road in the division. And... Um... Uh, Garrett Bradbury in the locker room pregame uh, took a clip from the from the Texas Rangers and made sure that Creed got played before he we went out in the field, and I felt like that that may have made the difference. So, you know that the Rangers have been playing Creed and they're rolling the playoffs, and uh, uh, you know we've been listening to it in the lifts a little bit here and there, but music's banging on the on the on the boombox most uh, pregames and uh, in the locker room. We thought we'd mix it up, mix up the genre a little bit, get some Creed in there. Keep it open or close it out. That was Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. And because of that, Vikings players, you drink free. Because, guys, I genuinely think Kirk Cousins <laughs> likes Creed. I don't think that was a bit. Yeah. My takeaway from that is I like the nine as minus six and a half on uh, Monday Night yes, Football. Yes, I was thinking the, the same thing. That'll be yeah. a key pick for me this week. Unbelievable. Texas Rangers winning because of Creed. Not uh, Jordan Montgomery or Nathan Ubaldi. Creed getting it done in the ALCS. Lawrence, what was your exact quote before we came back on? I don't know anything about Creed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know nothing about Creed, so I can only imagine it's if good. I was a player in that locker room, I'd have been pissed. Like, I've heard Justin Jefferson before scream at Kirk Cousins for not throwing. Like, he'd be like, throw the damn ball, Kirk. And I think some of that frustration, now that we know that's what's getting played in the locker room, it might come from that. So. You had a good oh, description of Creed. Oh, wow. It's not sure we can. Yeah, it might, yeah it's, it's maybe not yeah. show worthy, but. Y'all, right. go, y'all go listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'll figure it out for yourself. All right, with that, we'll get into keep it open or close it out. It's our start-sit portion of the week, and we do start with Kirk Cousins because he has the 49ers. It might feel weird to ask at this state of quarterbacks right now, Lawrence, do you, or can you keep it open with Kirk Cousins? But the 49ers' defense is scary, and this is an offense now without one of the best players in the league in Justin Jefferson. Yeah, well, look on the bright side. The Vikings are at home. Psych, I'm not leaving that open. 
I'm going to close out on Kirk Cousins. Weeks, weeks one through three, he was the top quarterback in fantasy. Uh, the last three weeks, however, he's been quarterback 19. That's just him. You know, that's going against anybody else but the Niners. Now you're going against this Niners defense who pretty much humiliates everybody. They humiliate all these quarterbacks, uh, you know, ones that we may consider better uh, than Kirk Cousins. They allowed the third fewest points in fantasy points uh, per game this season. And since week four, Kirk Cousins has had less than 300 yards passing the game. That's kind of why we like Kirk Cousins because, you know, he's got Justin Jefferson. He can throw the ball 40 times a game and get you those. Maybe it's a four-touchdown, two-interception game, but that's good for fantasy. I don't know if we'll get that uh, this week against the Niners, even at home, even at the Dome. So I got to close it today on Kurt, but maybe he'll get back on track after this. Yeah, Matthew's got him ranked QB 14. I think that's about right where you're not super excited if you're starting him uh, in a standard league. At the same time, the Vikings do throw the ball a ton. It's just not a great sign that the first game without Justin Jefferson against a very weak Chicago secondary, he put up 8.7 fantasy points. Niners have a bit better of a defense than Chicago, so you're not starting Kirk with confidence. Our next one, Rashad White. He's got the Falcons this week, and for Barry, he comes in as RB20. Here's the thing, Lawrence. Atlanta's been good against running backs this yeah. year, and Rashad White in this Bucks running game has had no juice most of the season. Yeah, interesting thing. I, I actually wrote about Rashad White uh, earlier this week in my stock report. His stock's going down despite the fact that he's pretty much the lead, he's been the lead back in that role. We're now starting to see Keyshawn Vaughn uh, cut into that, um, but it, it'll get left open for open this week for me for these reasons uh, there are six teams on a bye week we struggling we just lost David Montgomery um, you may we may get CMC we may not um, so that's two of the top running backs right there plus the six by the six bye weeks I don't know if you can afford to bench a player who you know is going to get 15 touches and if you're gritting your teeth uh, having to start Rashad White you know, just know that while the Falcons are good against the run, they did give up two receiving touchdowns last week to Brian Robinson and uh, Antonio Gibson. And for this season, Rashad White is averaging three and a half targets per game, which isn't crazy, but it's, it's nice for a running back. So we'll leave it open, but we like, eh, we leaving it open. Yeah, uh, and I'm very excited about Rashad White, but the fact that he has 16 receptions on the season, the Bucks. Two and a half point favorites in that NFC South blockbuster. Bit of a bonus one, Connor. Are you worried about Bijan Robinson? No, I'm always worried about Arthur Smith, but I, I think, no, when I look at Bijan, he'll be fine. I think, once again, this offense is always kind of leaning somewhere else week to week. Drake London being unlocked is a good yeah. sign for the Falcons and Drake London, and maybe takes a little off the plate of Bijan, who we thought could be this. 30-touch guy, 25-touch guy. That last, not that, worried, yeah. that last play, Bijan was split out left against Jamin Davis. They run the slant. You get that route, you get the linebacker out there, you run go route when it's man coverage. He ran the slant, they paid for it, Ritter throws the pick. Yeah, he just he keeps saying after every game that he's sore, which I don't love. Right. Not sure if he's physically sore or sore of Tyler Algeria carrying him, but yeah, I would ex hopefully Bijan can explode at some point given he's clearly got the talent. Yeah, it's a fair question. All right, our next one, another young running back with a lot of talent. That's Javante Williams. He's got the Packers on deck this week. And Green Bay, they allow the fourth most points per game to running backs this season. 
But on the flip side, Jay, besides health, there's not a lot going for Javante Williams in an offense that we see some Ajay Pirine, we see Jaleel McLaughlin, we see Russ run a little bit and, of course, throw. It's just hard to have a ton of confidence in such a promising young player because of the situation he's in. Yeah, I think what this just comes down to when you say that he had 35% of the snaps uh, against Kansas City on the Thursday night. Now he's coming off the injury, there's been an extended break, and that'll help him. But the reality is he's on a bad team in a three-headed monster. And that just generally is not a good recipe for putting up stats. And it just seems like it's kind of trending towards Jaleel McLaughlin, who's been the best performer of these three guys, Lawrence. Yeah, he's actually, Jaleel McLaughlin is actually running back 25 on the season. And he ain't even played two games this season, right? Um, He, uh, Javante Williams had one more touch than Jaleel McLaughlin in, uh, in week six. He had one more fantasy point. And McLaughlin is a different type of player. He's their explosive and guy who has the suddenness. He's their guy that he could hit the home run every play. We don't any play. You don't really think about Javante Williams in that fashion. So I would actually probably rather, knowing that they're all playing a similar amount of snaps with Samaje P. Ryan included, McLaughlin would be the guy that I would actually prefer to start right now. One of these three, they're going to fall in the end zone against Green Bay. But like you said, Jay, it's a three-headed monster. And it's a total even split of who is going to fall in the end zone. It yeah, could be Ryan. Pro- probably be Javante, but then Jaleel has more upside to break one and get more work in the passing game. So I don't even think you feel great about any of these guys. Right. And another guy kind of in the same mold right now that you don't feel great about, he comes in as RB37 for Barry. That's Gus Edwards against the Lions. Detroit has been a powerhouse against running backs this season. They've allowed the fewest points to running backs all year. With Gus, there hasn't been a lot going for him in this Ravens offense. You might be up against it because of the bye weeks and the injuries, but I don't know how you keep it open with Gus Edwards right now. No. Uh, and, I mean, he's had a tough run <laughs> with the schedule where he's played that's why the Titans run D. He played Cleveland's defense a few weeks ago. Now he gets the Detroit defense, which, to your point, Connor, has allowed the fewest points to running backs this season. So I'd be closing it out on Gus. He's averaging 3.9 yards per carry. I think the way to beat Detroit is probably through the air. Uh, this is an interesting matchup. Uh, the line is Ravens minus three. Not a lot of respect for the Detroit Lions. The Ravens coming back from London as well. Look, Gus Edwards is getting the carries, but there's just been no efficiency on the ground, and it's a tough matchup. Yeah, he's going to have to get a touchdown for this to pay off here. Under two and a half yards per carry the past two games. Single-digit fantasy points in five of the six games this season. you got Justice Hill working in there. Now, when you face a top-run defense it almost goes out the window when you got Lamar Jackson at quarterback, and that makes it even more crazy that Gus Edwards isn't being able to eat because perennially he's like a five yards per carry type of guy. That's just not been happening this season. Oh, and another thing, I don't know if it'll be this week, but slowly but surely Keaton Mitchell is coming. He's coming. Connor, you know about him. Oh, yeah, speed. He'll be. Speed for days. He'd be the best running back uh, in that uh, in that room now without J.K. Dobbins if they let him get there. Played a little special teams just to, you know, it was his first NFL game, but he, uh, I'm sorry, Keaton Mitchell, he coming. 
He could, yeah, he could be the Ravens' Julio McLaughlin. Is how I see that one. <laughs> yeah, we've spoken more about Keaton Mitchell on this show than any platform. <laughs> I heard uh, Sunday in that's media. One day, damn it. We generally did fifteen minutes on Sunday. Yeah, yeah I've heard this. Like, yeah, should we talk about Cooper Cup, uh, Jonathan Taylor <laughs> return? Now let's talk about Keaton Mitchell. Can he actually, though, in seriousness, it, what's his upside in this offense? He's a, a smaller player. He's never going to be a workhorse running back, or even necessarily a guy that is in an even split. I, I think McLaughlin is a great comparison. Comparison of the usage, right? Pass catching back, explosive playability. You brought up how they probably like keep him on special teams, Lawrence. That makes a lot of sense and, and for him. It, this is a different type of running. The Ravens don't usually draft these backs right. that actually have great vision. They they usually like a Gus Edwards or a Justice Hill. The, those type of guys are just like we yeah, get straight Roman to the style middle. backs. And now they have right. Lincoln. That's so the now they got a guy with you know some agility, some vision. So we'll we'll see what happens. But we closing it on Gus Edwards this week. Yep. For sure. All right, a really interesting one here that has to do with the injuries we showed at the top of the show. DJ Moore against the Raiders. You obviously love the player, love the matchup, Lawrence. Don't necessarily love the quarterback situation he could be dealing with. And it's not, nothing against a guy like Tyson Bajant, but small school quarterback that's being thrust into a situation on the fly. Do you think this maybe opens up some manufactured touches for DJ Moore, or this completely eliminates the big playability, which makes him so special? It'll be tough. The good thing about, uh, and the reason I'll keep it open for him this week is, uh, you know, DJ Moore, he'll beat you deep, or he could get it short and and get and run along, play to the to the end zone. Um, after Justin Justin Fields went down, you know. DJ Moore was still able to finish the game with eight targets, hit for five for 51. That could have very well been his stat line regardless, whether it was with Justin Fields or not. It's just that he's been blowing up the past two games that, like, this five for 51 and that's 10 fantasy points. You're like, oh, man, that, like, it kind of sucks when you're coming off this right here, which you're looking at on the screen, 230 yards. But, um, again, because of the buys – in the injuries, another a receiver that's hurt is Justin Jefferson out there. I don't see how you'll bench. Like, he, he might not even be in your flex. He's your DJ Moore is your wide receiver, too, in your lineups this week, uh, even with the former Division II uh, quarterback in there. Now, we'll cut him some slack. This dude didn't think he was playing football on Sunday. Um, had a couple of ter- – had the interception, took a sack here. Whatever, it's his first game. Now he'll get a week to prepare, um, and, you know, it should be better. Not expecting anything great, but if if Moore can get the targets, we rocking with it. I'm keeping it open. Yeah, Matthew's got DJ Moore ranked wide receiver 25. Just as a general rule, when in one of your past two starts, you've gone eight for 230 with three touchdowns, you probably just have to start that guy for the next kind of three weeks at least. And I think here's the thing with DJ Moore. Like, yes, it's a drop-off from Justin Fields. It's not like Justin Fields is an amazing passer of the ball. Like, I think that he will be able to get his touches. Uh, but, I mean, what do you think about Tyson Bajan? Can he be able – is he going to be good enough to get the ball to DJ Moore? If Luke Getze is good enough, which is always the problem with this Bears offense. Mm-hmm. Getze has had a roller coaster year, and that's being really polite right now. So, I think when you look at Bajan, like you said, Lawrence, he wasn't probably expecting to play. He didn't come into the year as their number two quarterback. Right. He can do enough to play pitch and catch point guard in this offense, and that's DJ Moore. Like, DJ Moore, you're not taking, you don't need to take these deep drops and these slow-developing routes. This is the type of game where if I have Tyson Bajan under center, I'm throwing DJ Moore at least five 
screens, and that could yeah. be... And one of those could go. And one of those could go. And, and legitimate screens, shallow crossers, pitch passes, get the ball in his hands, and hope a big play They're going to have to hit him with the screen and go, because if we know that, I hope Las The Raiders Vegas are sitting on it, 100%. 100%. Our next wide receiver on the list, Romeo Dobbs, he's got the Broncos defense. Barry has him as wide receiver 45 this week, Jay. Before week five... Dobbs had 12 targets in back-to-back games and now feels like a little bit of an afterthought for somebody that seemed so consistent at one time. Yeah, I'm keeping it open on Romeo Dobbs. That Vegas game was just very strange. Nothing seemed to make sense in it. Christian Watson got the big catch, but outside of that, nothing was clicking in the Packers' offense. They're healthier now coming off the bye. And I just think that, to your point, Connor, getting 12-plus targets in back-to-back weeks as two of your past three games, I just don't think that can be dismissed. And also, his first two weeks weren't great, but he's coming off an injury, and he was on a bit of a, a pitch count. So I'm not giving up yet on Romeo Dobbs. There is the chance, though, that maybe Christian Watson just ruins his value completely and Jordan Love isn't good enough to be able to provide value to two different wide receivers, but I wouldn't put a line through Romeo Dobbs yet. Uh, and you're not, you know, you're not terrified of the matchup, certainly against Denver, which has been one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah, that last game where he uh, caught one pass for four yards, it, it'll be right in the middle of that and getting 13 targets. And you and you could live with that in a flex in a flex spot on your uh, fantasy lineups versus a, uh, a Denver Broncos team that is getting giving up the 12th most points uh, to receivers in fantasy. He's still their starting receiver again, folks. This is about the matchup for this particular week and what the Broncos have been giving up. So it's not like we're saying, um, yeah, Romeo Dobbs rest of the season. Throw him in there. Nah, this is matchup specific. He's still playing 77% of the snaps, so we're going to leave it open for Dobbs this week. How do you think the Packers are using him differently to how he was used at Nevada? Do you think that he has more scope in this offense, or is this just going to be the Christian Watson show? I think with Nevada, it was simplified for him, where it was really almost a three-route you know, tree. He yep. could run deep, you could sit on a screen, and you might run some form of something underneath, usually shallow crossers, slants. You're getting the ball, and it's really the DJ Moore special where you get the ball in his hand short or go deep. And I think yeah. with Green Bay under LaFleur, it's a little bit more complicated than that where you're going to run a full route tree. You're dealing with a quarterback that Jordan Love had a nice start to the season. He's not playing in timing and rhythm anymore. Yeah. And that's my fear with Dobbs is that he's a timing and rhythm player, at least in this offense, not his college offense, with a quarterback that is young. He's a first-year starter. We're not killing him for that, but it's just not there yet. Yep. So... Our last pass catcher on this list, last player on this list, Lawrence, Tyler Higby. He's got the Steelers, and we'll have more on that game in our next segment. Here's the thing, Lawrence. Since Cooper Cup's been back, Higby's averaging under four points a game. But on the flip side of it, we talked about how low the bar is the clear to be a playable tight end right now. Yeah, and even with that, I'm going to leave it closed uh, for this week. Matter of fact, I would start. Well, definitely I would start Kyle Pitts ahead of him. That's not a question to me now at this point, now that they've done something. But but I would go with Jonu Smith over him as well. Like like you said, the past two games, two receptions each, I didn't think he would go down this far due to the return. I, I thought Tutu Atwell might have taken a little hit, and he did. But I didn't think Higby, who does have rapport with Matthew Stafford, I didn't think he would go that low, especially because the game before Cooper Cup came back, Tyler Higby had 11 targets right. in that last game. Five for 64, like, you'll live with that. But, that, like, it went drastically down. So, for this week uh, against Pittsburgh, I, I got to leave it closed. 
Okay, I'm actually keeping it open on Tyler Higby. I don't feel great about it. But here's the thing is that in the two games that Cop has played and come back in, against the Eagles, the Rams only had the ball for 22 minutes. They just could not get uh, their defense off the field against Philly. And then against Arizona, Stafford only threw the ball 24 times because they had a lead the whole time. And also, they narrowly lost time of possession too. So I think Higby is still going to be the third guy in this passing offense. And I think they're going to throw enough in a more normal game that he can have value. But yeah, don't feel great about it. Right. I do like the matchup though, Jay. Yes. I'm with you on that. We are eating good in the neighborhood this Sunday when the Fantasy Football pregame show broadcasts live from Applebee's in Philadelphia. The restaurant at 1942 Roosevelt Boulevard opens at 10.30 a.m. and pregame kicks off at 11. Come on out early to start your tailgate party with us this Sunday and ask your sit-start questions ahead of the big Sunday night football matchup between the Dolphins and Eagles. And if you're not in Philly, you can watch the show live on Peacock and on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. We're taking one more break when we're back. Which week seven sides and totals have caught our eye for last call? Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season. New customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. All right, guys, let's take a little a look here at our early line alert for week seven. A couple of different totals and spreads, courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. You see on the board here. Jay, I've heard you have your eyes on Cardinals Seahawks. What side are you leaning, though? I'm uh, leaning on the Seattle Seahawks, Connor. I think the thing here is that think about how the Bengals completely lit up the Cardinals two weeks ago. They fixed Joe Burrow, fixed Jamar Chase. He goes for 192 and three touchdowns. And then think what the Seattle defense did to the Bengals, where they kept them to four yards per play. Seattle should have won that game. Mm, They really blew it at the end there. So I think the Seattle defense, sneakily, Devin Witherspoon playing like a defensive rookie of the year front runner. That defense is a lot better than it was last year. I just think Geno, DK, Tyler gives you such a high floor on offense. I think the Cardinals have become themselves. I think they're a bottom three team in the league. I think this line should be closer to double digits. I like it. Lawrence, what are you looking at? Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, Lions at Ravens here. Ravens minus three. And I think that if you're feeling like the Lions, because they have the third best offense and they've been clicking on all cylinders, I think this is a trap. 
the Ravens have left a lot of meat on the bone as far as their offense goes. They haven't been hitting on all cylinders. And we talked about the Lions being tough against the run. Well, not so much as the passing game. They're middle of the pack when it comes to that. I I would take an alternate spread on the Ravens, matter of fact. All right, I'm staying in the AFC North as well. And looking at the Steelers traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams, spread's only three. I like the Rams a lot in this game, guys. I'm looking at it, and here's the one key thing for me. Pittsburgh has the 28th-ranked pass defense since week three. I don't know how they're going to cover Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. They're going to stop Matthew Stafford. Maybe Tyler Higby actually gets involved. Yep, no, I like that. Uh, referendum game on Kenny Pickett. If he's no good out of the bye, big Ooh, problem. Oh, man, it's going to be tough. All right, guys, well... That's it for us. We will be back tomorrow. Matthew will be back tomorrow for Lawrence, for Jay. I'm Connor. As one man once said, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. See you tomorrow. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.